Hello, and welcome to this live recording from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This message was given by Peter Christofides at our Kubalup campus. So sit back, listen in, and enjoy what God's got to say to you. We carry on in our series on friendship, and we have a look at intimacy this morning, and uh, kind of purpose and intentionality in that friendship. I don't know if you've ever asked the question, why do I exist? Why do I exist? What is the purpose of my life? And why am I here? Am I here to buy time? Well, I was brought into the world, cool. But what is my purpose on this earth? Because there are many people who are just existing and not fulfilling their calling and their purpose in life. And so we could be attending service after service and still not live fully with reference to the things of God and fulfill our purpose that God has called us for. If you look at the purpose of a car, its purpose is to get you from A to B. Its purpose is to transport you. Whether it's a messed up little jalopy or if it's a a Porsche, whatever it is, if it does not fulfill its purpose, then it's a failure. If you look at a pen, the purpose of a pen is to write. Whether it's a cheap pen or whether it's a Mont Blanc of $150, its purpose is to write. And if it does not write, then it's missed its purpose or it's a failure. And so, what is the purpose of humanity? Well, God has a plan for each and every one of us. And that plan is found in the Word of God. And so we begin to think, what is the plan that God has purposed for me? And as you begin to discover what God's plan and purpose is for your life, you begin to live it out. You see, it's how you see God that allows you to have a purpose and how you live that out. If you believe that God kind of uh, is somewhere out there in the universe, if that's kind of He's the source but you don't acknowledge Him to be God who sent His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, on the cross for you and for me to give us a purpose and a plan, then it's going to be hard to fulfill that purpose and that plan in our lives. You see, a bird is created to fly. A fish is created to swim. That is their purpose. That is what they've been created for. In fact, Paul says it beautifully uh, in what we call indicative and imperative language. The purpose that you have been created, bird, is to fly. The purpose you have been created, fish, is to swim. The purpose that you and I have been created for is to praise and glorify the Lord Jesus Christ and live out the purpose and the plan that He has given you and me. If I were to take that bird and put it in the sea, it won't be one happy bird. (laughs) If I uh, take that fish and put it in the tree, it won't be a happy fish. Why? Because it was never created for that reason. And so there are many people who are walking around on this earth that are successful, highly successful, but they have missed the purpose of their lives. And that purpose is to bow the knee and find fulfillment in Christ and in Christ alone. They're succeeding, but they are succeeding in the wrong thing, sadly. And so 
We read clearly in Jeremiah 29, 11, that God has a plan and a purpose for us. And it's a plan to prosper us. Many think, well, it's to, to kind of make me super wealthy dollar-wise. Well, that's part of it, perhaps. But to prosper in the purpose and the plan that he has for me. And it's a plan that means success. Because you can have all the money in the world and still miss your purpose in life. You can still miss the plan that God has given you and me. And so, just like that pen and that car, we've been created for a purpose. And we need to live it out. Many, many times we, we, we go at intersections or at crossroads and we change our minds over and over again. Well, another intersection, let me go left. Well, another intersection, let me go right. And another one. But God has given us a plan and a purpose. And it's not just changing kind of flavors as we're going along. If God has given us a plan and a purpose and we're living it out according to the word of God and we're part of a community, God wants to fulfill his purpose in our lives. He wants to guide us. He wants to lead us. And I think we often think, well, now that I've been saved, I'm on my way to heaven. Well, that's what he saved us from. He saved us from a lost eternity. But what has he saved us for? Let me say that again. What has he saved us from? Well, going to a lost eternity. He saved me from myself, if you like. But what has he saved me for? To live a life that's pleasing to him. And so you might be sitting here this morning saying, well, you know what, I've done too many bad things. <laughs> I've been a real bad news person all my life. Well, haven't we all? Haven't we all? But God takes you and me and he restores us. Like he takes a wrecked car and restores it, not to park it in the garage to gain dust. He calls, he restores that car to put it on the road so it can fulfill its plan and purpose to get people from A to B. And as, he, as you sit here this morning, he wants to restore us, not to just exist, but to live life to the full. John 10.10 10 says that the devil comes to steal, to rob, and to destroy. And that's from the richness that's found in the kingdom of God. Colossians 1.9, Paul prays and he says that they may have knowledge of God. And folks, the, the word he uses is not just general knowledge, but that's gnosis in the Greek. Just kind of knowledge. But he talks about epignosis. Depth of knowledge of who God is. And that's found in the word of God. And that's where we discover our plan and our purpose. I want to share from you this, uh, from Psalm 139 this morning. Because as we begin to live, to learn, and to discover who God is, so we begin to discover who we are. As somebody said, the one you begin to look for begins to look for you. Get it? The one that you are looking for begins to look for you. And so let's take a look at who God is and what that means. Well, it's important to understand that God knows me. God knows me. Read in Psalm 139 verse 1, For you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know me. That word searched has got to do with, uh, you've not only kind of, oh, there he is. No, you've penetrated my heart. You've examined me because you know me, and you know me intimately. That's who God is. He knows us intimately. 
He searched us. He knows us. The word know is the word yada, which is the same word that God created the heavens and the earth, and he knows what he has done. You see, he knows us because he has designed us. Isn't that amazing? The one who has designed me, you'll see a little bit later, uh, who's, who's put me together, knitted me in my mother's womb, knows me intimately because he's the one that observed me, and he's the one that knows me because he designed me. And that's God. So he knows my character. He knows my personality. He knows who I am. He knows my reputation. The difference between reputation and character is that reputation is what other people know about me. Character is who I really am. And God knows me. He knows my personality. He knows my character. But I also think that God knows my behavior. And I read that in verses 2 and 3. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. That word discern has got to do with a compass. You have the direction for me for my life. And as I abide by that direction that you have given me, in fact, you actually send me on a path that will be good for me. Folk, do we believe that this morning? That his purpose and plan is good for us. So it's not just when an obstacle comes, oh my goodness, this is the devil. No. It's God busy fulfilling his plan and purpose in my life. Perhaps to uh, purify my behavior. To purify my behavior. And so he discerns my going out and my lying down. He knows my behavior. But I also think he knows my thoughts. He knows my thoughts. We read that in, in verse 2. You perceive my thoughts from afar. He knows my thinking. And what I'm thinking every moment. How long is this sermon going to be? <laughs> See what that person in front of me, look what they're wearing. Oh my goodness, this is church. Oh, don't you send that SMS? Can't wait for that cup of coffee. Apparently this cake from last night's wedding and it's yummy. I'll keep it short. Focus on the message. He knows the pain in my heart. He knows what's going on in here, the hate that I might have. But praise God, he also knows that I long to be fulfilling his plan and his purpose for my life. And as God knows my thoughts, I need to put them in the right direction. Because I'm not the best at what I do. God knows my words. In verse 4, before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. I don't know about you, but I speak a book a day. I speak volumes in a year, and in my life I probably fill up a university. <laughs> and some of those words are not the best words that come from this mouth. And so while preparing this, God was challenging me, be careful, because he knows my words. And I must be careful that I don't speak idle words because with this very word or this very tongue, I can pronounce blessing, but I can also pronounce curse because of the condition of my heart. Somebody once said, many things are opened by mistake, but none so frequently as the mouth. And you know what? Whoever said sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never harm me, <laughs> was deaf. 
Why? Because words can cut deep. He knows my personality. He knows my behavior. He knows my thoughts. He knows my very, very words. But praise God, he even knows my words when I come before him in prayer and in repentance with remorse. He knows the tears that I shed. He knows your tears. And as we come before him, he knows our words. God knows me, and he knows me intimately. But also God is always with me. He is always with me. You know, it's interesting that we ask the question, where is God when I really need him? Well, he's right here with us, friends. And he's with me every moment of the day. Bette Midler sang that song, from a distance God is watching us. God is not watching us from a distance. He knows me intimately and he's with me right now. In fact, David said it this way, and he knew what he was writing in Psalm 139 verses 5 and 6. You hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, he says, too lofty for me to attain. He's not dismayed, but I just can't fathom it, he says, because God is with me. The word hem has got to do with he encloses me. He puts me in a bag, if you like, and and protects me. Many, many times I think, God, are you sure about this? Boy, is he sure. He created the heavens and the earth. Why should he not be sure about the plan and purpose for my life? That's God. He hems me in. You know... When we were up in Darwin, a cyclone was coming, and we had to protect ourselves. And so we filled up bags of sand and put it at the doors and any entrances. And then when the cyclone came, they said, if it's really bad, make sure that you go to the one cyclone-proof room in the house. And that was in the toilet. And that could fit in three of us. I'm one and a half, and then, thank God, Maria and Michael, you know. So we would be in there. Thank God we didn't have to go there, but he hems us in and protects us. Not only from the cyclone, but from the evil one as well, I suggest to you. He hems me in because he loves me like a father loves his son and daughter. That's who God is. Jeremiah 23, 24 says, You can hide in secret places so that I cannot see them. Or who can hide, declares the Lord. Do do not I fulfill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. He fills your life. He fills my life because he knows me, but he also is with me all the time. In fact, they were questioning, where is God or where is Jesus in the New Testament? And in Acts 17, 24, the God who made the world and everything uh, in it is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples but built built with human hands, but lives in your heart and in my heart, and he's with me all the time, and he guides me and he leads me. And so... If anything happens, it's not because God has moved, but perhaps I've moved a little bit away. I remember back in Johannesburg, I lived in an area, and about 60 kilometers from that area was the main tower of the Christian radio station called Radio Pulpit. And so, where I lived, the signal wasn't the best. But the closer I got to that, where the signal, the tower was, the better the signal was. And then I would drive past there to go and visit my uncle another 70 kilometers from there. And when I got to my uncle, I couldn't pick up the best signal. Why? Because I was away from the source, the tower. Get the point. If I'm not hearing his voice properly, 
If I don't sense him with me, it's not because God has moved. Perhaps I've moved. And I need to come back because he's always with me. I need to realize that. Comforting to know that even in death, God is with me. Even in death, God is with me. David writes in verses 7 and 8, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. People often say, well, when I die, it's all over. Well, friends, can I suggest to you, that's when it begins. (laughs) That's when it begins. Because if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, that's when it even begins for you, but it's not a successful beginning. But if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, it's wonderful. My prayer is that you don't leave this place without knowing who God is. So you don't just live, but you you kind of uh, live to the fullest because of who God is. And folk, I'm comforted by the, the pleasure of knowing Christ because in Romans 14, 11, we read that one day every knee shall bow to me, to God, and every tongue shall confess to God. And praise God, if we know him, we bow the knee today. But one day every knee will bow, voluntary or involuntary, and will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And if we know Jesus, that's the greatest place to be, I suggest to you, the side of eternity. To know him. And then distance cannot separate me from God. Why is that? Because he says in verses 9 and 10, If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. How beautiful that That is that knowing that God's hand will guide me. The word guide means to lead me. He will govern my life. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a a light unto my path. He shines the way forward and his, his hand guides me. Your right hand will hold me fast. The concept there is that the right hand is stronger than the left hand. Kind of that, you know, and there was rich... Uh, theological understanding with reference to the right part of the body and all the rest. But he's saying, listen, he will hold me fast. That word hold means he will seize me, he will catch me, he will fasten me when I want to do my own thing, and he will possess me. Come here, God is saying. I know you, and I want to be with you. No distance can separate us from him. And friends, I can run from one place to the other place, from one town to the other town, from one city to the other city, from one state to the other state, from one nation to the other nation, and be running to find fulfillment somewhere else. The only place I suggest to you this morning to find fulfillment is at the feet of Jesus, at the feet of Jesus. And as we find fulfillment at the feet of Jesus, so we begin to discover who God is and who we are. Newton, I think, said... There is a God-shaped vacuum in every one of us that only God can fill. Get it? There's a God-shaped vacuum in each and every one of us that only God can fill. So distance can't separate us from God. If we're not hearing his voice and sensing uh, his presence in our lives, guess what? It's not God that's moved. It's us. And then darkness cannot separate us from God. I read that in verses 11 and 12. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. 
The concept there that, that evil and darkness can, can often overcome. And, and David says, darkness cannot separate me from God. Why? Because he expels darkness. Friends, darkness exists. You cannot create darkness. Darkness is the absence of light. If we were to turn the lights off, darkness exists. The way we dispel darkness is to turn the light on. Get it? Our human nature, our position is one of rebellion against God. That's our position. Our disposition, our disposition is one to be with God. If you were to go to Cottesloe and you plant your umbrella in the sand and you, you, you walk straight into the ocean and you have a swim, before you know it, after a few minutes, the current has taken you to the side. That's nature. That's the current that takes us away from the center of where we walked in. Why are we having fun, by the way? So we constantly have to look up. Where is the umbrella? Because we need to come back to where the compass is so it can guide us and lead us. And so there are many who try and run from God and do their own thing for a while, go off on a tangent. God says, come back, come back. Why does he say, I want you to come back? Well, because he has a purpose for you and for me. He has a purpose for our lives. He created us that way. So we read in Psalm 139, verses 13 to 16, for you created my innermost being. In other words, he's saying that he possesses the very depth of who we are. He has redeemed us. Now, friends, I'm jealous about my family. In fact, I've just discovered recently, I'm even jealous about my dog. Why? Because it's mine. (laughs) And that's what God says about the ones that are closest to him. He's jealous over us. Why? Because he created us. He created our innermost being. In fact, uh, David writes in verse 15, he says, My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. That word woven together has got to do with embroidery and needlework. I put you together in your mother's womb. And he wrote this way beyond, uh, way before microbiology and embryology and what we know about the human uh, creature uh, in, in the mother's womb. He didn't know about those things. But he knew by the inspired word of God, by the inspiration of God that allowed him to write these things down, that God had knitted him intimately and knows him well. Now, folk, that word embroidery, I remember a few years ago we were in Cyprus and we went to this little village and these ladies were sitting together in this craft room and they were, some had these big needles and they were knitting, others had thinner needles and crocheting and uh, others were embroidering. One old lady had toothpicks and she was doing fine embroidery and fine crocheting and I don't know what I'm talking about, but, but fine stuff with fine cotton with toothpicks, and it was beautiful. Get the point there. He has made every single one of us. So those of you who don't believe in creation, folk, we are made wonderfully and fearfully. And that's what he says. 
I am fearfully and wonderfully made. He said that in verse 14. And that word wonderfully means I'm distinguished. I'm not the same as anybody else. I am marvelous. I am separate. In fact, it means I am severe and set apart. Why? Because God has a purpose for each and every one of us. Let me remind you of a fact that out of the 7 billion people, 7 billion people on this earth, there is no other person that has the same fingerprint as you or me. We are fearfully and wonderfully made and set apart for a purpose. Set apart for a purpose. You mean, God, that there is no one with this fat fingerprint as mine? No one. No one. Will there ever be? Never. Never. That's why we read in Psalm 14 verse 1 that the fool says in his heart, there is no God. That word fool, the stupid one, (laughs) the wicked one, the vile one, the, the one with no scruples, says that there is no God. Why? Because he cannot understand God making us so fearfully and wonderfully, even if we don't fathom it. And then... How beautiful it is to know that God has me in his heart. In his heart. David says in verses 17 and 18, How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. You know that song that we sing? Count your blessings, name them one by one. You don't know it? I'll sing it again. No. Thank you for, for the words of encouragement. <laughs> to spite you, I will sing it. No. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Impossible. He says there are as many as the grains of sand. Wow. Just a handful I cannot count. Never mind that of the oceans. Because God has blessed us and blessed us abundantly. He has a purpose for us. Oh, how can you have a purpose? And that's a blessing because so many rules and regulations in the Word of God. How can that be a blessing? They are blessings because they're not created for God's purpose. They're created for my purpose, for my happiness, for my joy, these rules and regulations. They are like red traffic lights, I suggest to you. And what I mean by red traffic light? Well, quite simply that if I abide by that rule and regulation, my life will be spared. My life and those around me. But if I break that rule and regulation, my life could be taken. My happiness, my joy. And guess what? Those around me as well. So these rules and regulations are life-giving. Praise God. And because they're life-giving, He loves me so much. And he loves each and every one of us so much. And he has a purpose. And so as I end, I want to ask you, what is your purpose in life? We often think, well, it's to serve God. (laughs) You know, well, that's part of it. We mess up all the time. I'm sure God could have sent angels to serve him better. Because we are fickle. But you know what? He created us for a purpose. And that's to serve him, to glorify him. That's what that word glorify means, to make his name famous. And we do that by loving him and by serving him. But it starts off with understanding who he is. 
So let me close off with John 14, 6. You know it so well. Jesus said these words. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And friends, the English doesn't make too much sense there. But when he says, I am the way, he's saying the Greek, ego imi, I. I am not the way. I, I am way. I, I am truth. I, I am life. Why does he say that? Because, you know, I was dead in my sins and my trespasses. So he needed to make a way for me to come to God. Because I was lost. I was so much on my own compass, (laughs) you know, because I had my own things to do. But he brings me back to the way. Because he is way. Then what about truth? Well, it gives me enough in his word for me to know him and to know him intimately. And then life, it gives me life because without him, I'm dead. But not only does it give me life, but he longs to live in me and give me a purpose and a plan. As you sit here today, I'm not asking you to sign up on any register or roster here. No, no. What we're simply saying is that what is your purpose in life? Is it found in the Lord Jesus Christ or is it found in me, myself and I? Because that's going to be a sad ending. But if it's found in Christ and in Christ alone, so we can go and live our purpose and our plan for him and live it to the fullest. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word to our hearts. Thank you that it's not by might nor by power, but only by your Holy Spirit that we're able to do what you've called us to do. So, Lord, we pray that you will come and fulfill your plan, your, your purpose that you've created us for. We pray, pray that you'll fulfill that in our lives. We submit to you, Lord. We bow the knee to you, Lord. Because you are way, you are truth, and you are life. Help us, Lord Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this message from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. If you'd like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, then you can contact the team at Mount Pleasant Baptist Church by calling the office during office hours on 9329-1777. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to your company again soon. God bless.